Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. I want to personally have the opportunity to say happy Mother's Day to all of the moms. I want to welcome our McKinney campus, our Hazlitt campus. Those of you watching online, I also want to welcome all of you that are in additional seating here at the Keller campus. Let you know that are in additional seating. We've got new seats coming in August. Thank you for celebrating Mother's Day with us. Let's all put our hands together and welcome everybody that's joining in with us this weekend. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to 1 Samuel. It's in the Old Testament, chapter one. I wanna tell you a mom story, but before we get going for this Mother's Day, I also want to thank you for you as a church loving a special group of moms. About 15 years ago, I was reading in the book of James And I saw this section of scripture in the book of James that talks about that if you have faith and you say you have faith, but your faith doesn't have action, then it's not real faith. Now, I grew up around the Bible and church, and to be honest, I would always think of that in relationship to You know, if you're a Christian, then you should act like a Christian and there's the things you shouldn't do and the things you should do, but had never really paid attention probably enough to the context, but the context in that scripture is actually about serving widows and orphans. And I began to just feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit for us as a church to help what not only now we help literal widows where we have small groups and so many things for widows, but at that time our church was was smaller and I just began to think about our community and began to think about single moms as widows of the suburbs, if you will, and how challenging. The reason the Bible encourages that is the unique challenges and the cultural perspective that came to a widow and and, and how the, the challenges that they faced. And quite honestly, the things I've learned over the years as we now serve hundreds of single moms and because of you, we're able to provide for them incredible Christmases and a whole lot lot of other things that we do. We've helped some of them with college and and, uh, you're just a church because of your generosity. We've been able to really serve them at a high level. And uh, there's some things that I learned along the way, how they felt when they came to church. I I just was surprised by how many of them say the same thing about that and how they themselves uh, just began to be an army within our church of serving and growing and taking steps. And I received, because we just had our single mom's Mother's Day celebration, I received a lot of responses from them. And I thought you as a church, because you love them so well, would love to see some of their responses from our single mom's Mother's Day event. Watch this with me. Here at Milestone, we have a heart to serve and love single moms. Because of your generosity, we're able to do things all year long to provide support to these amazing families. We give them big gifts at our joy event each Christmas, provide camp scholarships for kids and students, host a back-to-school event with free backpacks and school supplies, and at Mother's Day, we host a special event just for them. 
This is actually my first event here, and I'm super excited because I never even knew something like this existed. Everything that Milestone has done for single moms and their heart for single moms, it's just, it's made a huge difference. It was a scary thing to walk in and feel like you have that scarlet letter on your, on your chest. Milestone has just really shown the love and been the hands and feet of Jesus that I really didn't anticipate. This is the first church I've been in in my life where I feel like single moms didn't have some kind of stigma tied to them. As soon as I walked in the doors here, I felt like this was family. I felt like this was home. I feel so seen here. I feel so loved. It makes me feel like I'm not alone. Sometimes the road is extremely hard. Through it all, Milestone has just shown me another level of, of Jesus. Words, words don't describe it. Isn't that amazing? So exciting. Tell you a little bit more about Ray, who was part of the video there. She said, and this is, this is just the power of the church and the way you love their kids, the way you love them. And I, I love highlighting this because the heroes of a great church are not the people that you see on the stage. They're really people like you who love others and serve others and help them. And Ray wanted to specifically just say thank you in her note to me. She said, it was such a big deal for us, for me and my son to come to church. And we gotta remember that's how people feel. And she was a bit anxious and it was a, it was a big deal, but it was so amazing. She, she even remembered his name. She said, Ben Small met me when I showed up with my son, helped me and like brought me to the kids check-in and Help me through the process, you know? Like just getting your kid checked in could just disrupt the entire kingdom of God. Any ladies out there know what I'm talking about? <laughs> but it helped her through everything. And of course, a mom's greatest concern, you know, is my kid gonna be okay? And helped her and, you know, they put him in the class. And of course, it's that moment of prayer. I hope he doesn't throw a fit, you know? But he, he just went right on in and there were people there to help. And, and Ben, this is like going the extra mile. Ben like helps her all the way in and helps her find a seat and he can tell she feels anxious and man, just powerful. He gave, he gave her a hug and said, it's gonna be okay and we're glad that you're here today. I, I wanna tell you, for, for you being that kind of church, that's what God does to show people that he sees them and he loves them and the goodness of God leads people to a place where they have repentance and they find a relationship with Jesus. Can we give God another round of applause for his church and his church's ability to show people the love of Jesus? Well, 1 Samuel's where I told you to turn and I'm excited to share with you on Mother's Day. A lot of times my wife comes and shares with you. She's a bit more qualified, but we had a major graduation. A lot of my friends had kids graduating. We've been on graduation overload this weekend. My daughter, Lauren Elizabeth, graduated from high school, so my wife has had a few things to do, so you're stuck with me, okay, ladies, all right? But uh, I, I tell you, I, I got a little bit of skills, you know. I had a mom, and I, I live with a mom in my house, and Actually, I lived in a female-dominated house. I, I was the only boy in the house I grew up. I had two sisters. 
And out of my four kids, I have three girls. So I'm kind of in touch with my feminine side, okay? Come on, ladies, I think maybe I can give you a few thoughts. But after many years as a pastor, I really just sat down and began to pray for all of you, all of you at our campuses, maybe someone who's tuned in online. And I just began to think about moms and think about some of the things that you battle and some of the struggles that you have. And I really just wanted to have a message to really just encourage you as a gift to you this Mother's Day. Let let you maybe lift up your eyes a little bit to see from a higher perspective the things that you're putting your hands to and maybe hear from what God thinks about what you're doing. I thought about the story in 1 Samuel because it's a pretty complex and interesting story. It's the story of Hannah. And Hannah, there's a a lot of things going on, but the real critical thing about the story is that she wants to have a kid, but she's barren. And in this time period, of course, I've pastored ladies that are believing to have a child and walking through infertility and prayed with them and had team members and others. And if you're in that place where we're praying with you and we've had you know, our fasting and prepared times that we have at the first of the year, we've seen God answer a lot of prayers and we, we now call them prepare babies you know, around here that God has answered our times of fasting and praying. But it, it was even more challenging really in this time period because There was the belief that really, if you were in this position, it's God punishing you. That maybe you've done something wrong, and so it it, it heightened the burden that she was carrying, and she also had those around her that were really just tormenting her and, and, and others that were, were, were really just bringing to the situation an added pressure. I do want you to think about the story, not just in the sense, because I believe this message is not just for moms, but it's also for young people and people at all phases, and and even those of us that are dads or otherwise. What I really see when I read the story is, what do you do when you don't know what to do? Well, what do you do when you've downloaded all the DIY videos on YouTube, you've gone to all the experts, you've gone to every scenario and you really realize like, like I can't fix it. I can't be the solution. There's no tip, there's no technique. It's one of those Bible stories where, where God shows up. You know, it shows us in the Bible that he is able to show up. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we would ever ask or think. It says that this burden she had, this problem she had, it went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and she would not eat. Down in the story, it says, in her deep anguish, have you ever been or maybe you're in that place where you have deep anguish, where no one can really understand the burden of what you're really carrying In her anguish, though, Hannah prayed to the Lord. She was weeping bitterly. She made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you'll only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I'll give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. And later on shows that God shows up and answers her prayer. 
So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel. That means God hears, Shema El. Samuel means God heard. And it says this, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Every single one of our prayers are not always answered exactly like we think. It's not that God is, again, just some cosmic bellhop in the sky to answer everything, but what we see in Scripture is that when we reach out to God, when we pray to him, even in our burdens and our challenges, many times in scripture we see that God shows up and he answers prayers. And this is one of those stories where it's exciting because God answered the prayer. God showed up, God did it. And I wanna encourage you, all of you moms, and I wanna encourage all of us that there's this place we can go to when we're discouraged, when we feel like we don't know what to do. You, You can go to God. You can go to him, you can bring it to him, and as simple as that sounds, it's many times the last place that we go. I believe there's a unique attack of the enemy to moms, because moms are the ones that have such an ability to influence so much of the world around us. They influence the culture of our homes, they influence the disposition of their kids, It's no wonder that the enemy comes to get you discouraged. It's no wonder that the enemy comes to make you have this place where you can't offer what it is that you offer so well. And and we live in a world today where there's more opportunities to have fear and be afraid and have anxiousness. And, And it's no wonder the enemy wants to keep you from doing what it is you do because what you do is so unique and so powerful. I just wanna encourage you to give you just a little bit of wisdom of there's, there's, a, there's a strategy here. The enemy's lies, there's a strategy, you know? We like to say if mama's not happy, ain't nobody happy if mom's not happy. Are you with me? And so there's a unique work that the enemy wants to do to, to get you discouraged. Moms play such a big role in helping us to see who God's called us to be, to speak words of affirmation over us, to, to, to fight for us when we don't even know how to fight for ourselves. And the enemy wants you to give up on that. He wants you to think it's not working. He wants you to get to a place like Hannah where she's weeping bitterly, but I just wanna encourage you, God wants to hear those prayers. God wants to fill you with what you need to be who God's called you to be. I'm thankful for my mom. I wouldn't be standing here in front of you today if it wasn't for her. Uh, She's the one that that prayed me into all the things that I would do. I was a scared little kid with a lot of potential, but not a lot of faith. But it was my mom's prayers. It was even when I went to college, I think back, and I just wanna encourage you moms, your voice is so strong. And what the enemy wants you to think is it's not making a difference. It's like, write that letter to your kid. My my mom, in fact, she would write me letters. I remember when I went off to college, you know, all of you that that have kids that are teenagers, let me tell you, it gets better. I, I remember when I landed in my dorm room, you know, and there you are by yourself thinking, You know, when you're a teenager, you get little attitudes and you're not thankful for what you have and you kind of wake up mad at the world. Anybody got one of those kids in your house? My mom would come in singing. We'd have to get up for, this is the day. This is the day that the Lord hath 
get out of my room. I want to be mad. I got to college and I thought, my parents were saints. I should thank them. I was a jerk. Y'all know what I'm saying? Anybody ever have that moment where you look back and think, oh man, I did not have it that bad. My mom helped me fight for my calling. I remember I went to college, you know, and I was going to be a pastor, you know, and I met a bunch of pastors. No offense to pastors, but I was like, these are the most miserable people I've ever met. I don't know if I want to be one of those, you know? I mean, these guys are really discouraged, man. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. So I decided I was going to be a counselor. Started studying counseling. Went home at summer break. I announced to my mom, I'm gonna be a counselor. She's like, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. We don't receive that. You will preach the word of God. You will not be a counselor. Nothing against counselors. but <laughs> Many times, moms, you're the ones that fight for us. You're the ones that speak life into us. And the enemy's strategy is to get you discouraged so you can't offer what it is that you offer so well. I had three thoughts that I'd like to share with you to moms. Three thoughts for you to consider on this Mother's Day. Number one, I want to give you this thought. This is really for all of us more than moms. Have you invited God into your struggle? He wants to join you. He wants to join you in the mundane things, the little things, the challenging things, the big things. He, he wants to join you in what it is that you're facing. That's really the message of the story of Hannah is that she turned to God and God wants to join you. I was reading this week in my own quiet time and ran across Isaiah 41.10. It says this, so do not fear, I'm with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, if you think, oh, he just pulled one scripture out of the Bible because he wants to give us an encouraging Mother's Day message, and some of you ladies are like, well, that's a nice one. I want you to know that thought is repeated throughout the Bible over and over. I mean, you can go through the Bible and mark it over and over. Don't be afraid. Why do you think God keeps telling us to not be afraid? Because we have a propensity to be afraid. We, get, we have a propensity to think this isn't gonna work out. Oh my gosh, we have not just our own fears, but we have fears for our kids. And it's like, oh my goodness, I'm going to mess these people up forever. Come on, moms. And God's consistently saying, not just in your parenting, not just in your being a mom, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I wanna join you in it. And so what happens to us is, and, I, and there's more opportunity to be afraid today because we have more access to information and fear is, is the bestseller. Fear's the bestseller. What we watch, what we click on, what you see. I mean, moms 50 years ago, they didn't have as many things to be afraid of because if you got a rash, it was like, whatever, go sit on the pot, put some monkey blood on it, God bless you. Now we Google it and think, you're gonna die. We have so much information that allows us to have so many more things to be afraid of. I just became a great uncle. I just became a great uncle. My nephew and my niece, they just had a baby. 
She's perfect, y'all. I mean, she's perfect. She's beautiful. She's like a porcelain doll. I went and held her. I looked at her. I thought, you are a model right now as a baby. Y'all know I'm a pastor, so I kiss a lot of babies, hug a lot of babies. You gotta act fake, you know? They show you their baby. You're like, oh, it's so beautiful. They're not. They're not. They're just, just whoa, man. Let's hope it gets better. Not my great niece, man. Let me tell you, she's perfect. She's beautiful. She's amazing. And I was asking Emily, she's a new mom. This is her first kid. And I was sitting there with her, just conversing with her. And she was like, oh my gosh. I mean, it, it worked out. It's like, how was the birth? Oh, it was amazing. Everything worked out and it was fun. And, and it worked. she's just almost surprised. You know, it's like, now we got all these scans, different things and all this stuff and scared. And I don't know. And, and it's like, you know, they're going to be born naked. And what are we going to do? And it's like all this, it's just all this anxiety. It's like, it just, it worked out. She's like, it was amazing. And she thinks she's doing good, you know? And she's like, well, we just wrap it up like a burrito. And and, and, and she was eating, and it's like, yay. And, and just that's like, yeah, this is a great phase. You just feed them and wrap them up like a burrito, and they sleep. And, and they don't talk back. It's great. Until they start teething. It's a good phase. You know what I'm saying? And she's like, it was going so great. And she goes, and then I took, him to, took her to her first pediatric appointment. And they told me everything I was doing wrong. Just like she has this, and you can't put alcohol in the belly button. When we stopped doing that, that worked fine for years, and you can't do that, and this is a problem. She's got jaundice, so you need to put her in. She's like, I gotta put her in front of the window like a plant. Because <laughs> she's, she's got problems, and she's messed up. And I'm like, welcome to motherhood. Just about the time you think you got it, somebody's gonna tell you, but in the next phase, you don't got it. And you're going to move from one place of feeling like they're doing fine to, oh no, they're in trouble. One step after the other. And you know what I found for moms? I want to encourage you with this. You are a superhero. You are. You're amazing. But you're not God. You're not God. And he'll consistently remind you in this area of your life, probably as much as any, you need him. You need him. Don't let him be the last place that you go. Here's the second thing that I think that as moms you have a tendency to do. Have you focused too much on the to-do list and maybe missed your greatest contribution? Your greatest contribution is spiritual. I've preached in multiple, multiple places all over the country, and I talk about identity, and I talk about how moms shape our identity. I wrote a book called Who Am I several years ago, and I've had an opportunity to preach it in some of the largest churches and go around, and when I talk about identity, I talk about moms and how moms, the enemy wants to attack them, but yet they're so powerful, and I make a statement where I say, how many of you are thankful for the moms and grandmas that prayed us all into the kingdom? And the room is filled with 90% of the hands. It's not the big evangelist. It's not the bald guy talking. It's not the, the person who preaches loud. It's a lot of times mom. Mom reading that little 
book of children's things that are contained with the Bible. It's mom praying for us. It's mom at snack time giving us that verse. It's the hidden things. It's the behind the scenes things. It's the things that no one else sees that really shape our experiential connection to God. Moms, I want to tell you, you help us experience God. You know, God is to be experienced, not just studied. It's where we feel God's unconditional love. It's where we feel God loves us. You know, most of the time when you share with someone, God loves you, they don't, they don't really believe it a lot of times. They don't, they don't always say, man, I don't know, does he? Is he busy somewhere? You know what you do, moms? You, you help us feel and experience God's love for us. That's why the enemy wants to come and keep you from that and maybe just keep you busy with all the to-do list and the different things. It's in the Bible. When the apostle Paul was writing to his spiritual son, he said, hey, let's talk about that deposit that's on the inside of you. And I'm always encouraging men to step up and and I wrote a book to men, and I preached to men's conferences, and men need to step up and be spiritual leaders. But quite honestly, for the long haul and for the real history of Christianity, moms have been the ones that have put that faith on the inside of us. Paul says to Timothy, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, that authenticity to your faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. And I'm persuaded now it lives in you. I wanna encourage you moms, don't get discouraged. Don't get so consumed with the next activity. Oh man, we wouldn't make it without you. We wouldn't even get there. In fact, <laughs> one thing I heard this week is, something's not really lost unless mom can't find it. <laughs> Anybody relate to that? It's not really lost unless mom can't find it. Oh man, my mom, I was everything they said on the panel last week about don't let your kids not know how to wash their clothes or iron. My mom spoiled me, I'm telling you. I was that kid, I was in trouble. Thank God for moms. We wouldn't be dressed appropriately, we would look like idiots, we wouldn't know where to be. Thank God for all the input and the things they do to help us along the way in the journey. But I wanna say to all of you moms, it's not the most important thing. Your kids' grades, achievements, once again, you're gonna think, man, I got, them, I got them going here, and they're doing okay with this, but they're, they're a little behind on reading, and they're not doing good at this or that or whatever. There's always gonna be something. But when it's all said and done, it's the deposit of faith that you put inside of them that you're really going to care about. Which leads me to my last thing. Have you prioritized the wrong voices, moms? Have you had the wrong scoreboard? Have you let the cultural narrative influence you in such a way that you have prioritized the wrong things? Because I want you to remember this. God says being a mom is a high calling. And I wanna tell you something you're probably not gonna read on the internet. Wherever you're at, any campus, any venue that you're in, I wanna say this, and I also wanna say this to young moms. This voice has gotten louder over the last 20, 30, 40 years. This voice is greater. I hear it. I have young moms around me on my team. 
I, I have nieces and nephews and I have people and my own daughter now is about to become a mom and, 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 I, and I hear this and I have friends and I, I hear this narrative. Oh man, I, I could be doing something really significant with my life. I've got gifts, I've got things. I could be making such a great contribution to the world if I didn't have all these kids. You'll have this feeling. You'll hear this voice. You have these kids. You prayed for them. Then you have them. And the enemy will say, your life is over. It kind of is, but. <laughs> There's no higher calling. There's no more important thing. I want to say to every young mom, there's no higher calling. And it's what you're, take it from a guy who's about to be 50 and take it from anybody in this room that's lived a little bit of life. Take it from scripture. Take your cues from the right voices. As a pastor, I wanna say to you, it's the highest calling that you have is to pour your life into those. Can we give moms a round of applause? It's valuable. It's valuable. It's not secondary. It's not second place. It's first place. It's one of the greatest things that you can make a contribution to, and you're not gonna get any awards, you're not gonna get any voices in the culture today telling you that, but I'm telling it to you. It's a high calling. Good job. Sippy cups and messes and problems and all the stuff you put your hands to that no one sees, you're making a deposit that'll carry on for eternity and for generations to come. I wanted one of the greatest moms I know that lives in my house, I wanted her to share a little thought with you on this Mother's Day. Watch this. Mother's Day is a special day to us as a church because we have so many amazing moms in our church. Expecting moms, young moms, single moms, working and stay-at-home moms, and grandmas. And as a spiritual family, I love that we have spiritual moms and grandmas who also love and nurture and invest in the lives of the younger people here at Milestone as if they were their own kids. This Mother's Day, I just wanna take a moment to celebrate all of you moms, whatever season of motherhood you're in. For me personally, Mother's Day is special. One, because I'm a mom of four and soon to be grandma, but also because my son was born on Mother's Day 22 years ago. So I get a little sentimental and reflective this time of year. And I'm able to look back on my seasons of motherhood and even though it was hard to see in the moment, I can see how clearly now that God was working in each of those seasons. I remember being a hopeful mother like many of you, praying that God would bless us with a baby. And if that's you today, I just wanna encourage you that I've seen God answer that prayer for us and so many others. And He's able to do more than you can even imagine. So keep praying and keep trusting for God's perfect timing. I know that when He answered that prayer for me as an expectant mom, my prayers didn't stop. They just shifted to praying for my baby's health and salvation at an early age, for their future friends and even for their future spouse. Never underestimate the power of your prayers as a mom, even before your baby's born. And then when your little miracle is born and you've got sleepless nights and stinky diapers, screaming toddlers and toys all over the floor and more sleepless nights, it'll be important to remember, oh yeah, I prayed for this. 
From experience, I want to say something to all of you moms of little kids. When it feels like you're drowning and they get a little older and you're driving to practices and school activities and it seems overwhelming, God has given you the grace for this season and He will empower you to walk it out. So lean into His strength and He'll carry you through that season. You'll be on the other side of it before you know it. And one day you'll look up and there'll be teenagers. As the saying goes, you're, you're gonna miss this. And when my kids became teenagers, I remember moments when I wondered if my voice was still effective in their lives, or if it was just being tuned out as, oh, that's just mom. But I remember the Lord encouraging me to keep pursuing them and to keep building the relationship. So I encourage you moms of teens to do that. Not only that, but to make your home an environment where their friends wanna be, to stay present so when it's time for them to start making those big life choices about their future, they know they don't have to make them alone. They can still receive wisdom from God that He's put inside of you, who's been praying about this day since before they were even born. You know, motherhood is a high calling, and it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. Every prayer, every stinky dapper, every hug and kiss, and even every disciplinary action, every ball game or recital or late night conversation, it's an investment that pays off in ways that you may not see now, but God sees it and He sees you. And your investment honors Him and He will see to it that there is a return on your investment. So for you moms in the thick of raising kids and teens, I pray that you feel encouraged this Mother's Day. For those of you who are desiring to be moms, I pray that you feel hope. And if you're like me and you're blessed with an amazing relationship with your own mom, I pray that you feel gratitude today. And for those of you who may be having difficult or painful relationships with your mom, I pray that you feel healing and forgiveness today. So wherever you're at, whatever season of motherhood you're in, I pray that this Mother's Day is one that you feel honored and celebrated. So from me to you, happy Mother's Day. I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask at all, all our campuses and also in every venue, I'm gonna ask for moms to stand on your feet with me so that we can pray for you and we can celebrate you. Come on, everybody, let's put our hands together. Superheroes, amazing, amazing, amazing. I want us all to join together in prayer for all the moms at every campus, at every location. If you're watching online, Lord, we lift up moms to you this weekend. Lord, beyond the lunches or the cards or the flowers or the gifts, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would meet them, even in this very moment. Holy Spirit, you would just come to encourage them, come to fill them, to strengthen them. Lord, we thank you, Lord, from your word where we see that you come and you meet our deepest longings and prayers and you answer them and you are with us and you say, don't be afraid. I pray for a mom right now that's just struggling with fear over a child or over their own situation or health. Lord, I pray you would replace that fear with faith today. That Lord, we would let your word be true and we wouldn't succumb to our feelings or even our perspectives or even what we see but Lord, I pray for an impartation of strength and grace. Lord, I pray for your grace in the season that every mom is in. An empowerment that comes from you that we don't deserve, that we don't know how to fix it, we don't know what to do, but Lord, you bring us even in these moments, 
pray every mom would recognize your nearness because you bring us in these moments to show us how dependent we are on you. Lord, I pray that their times with you would be rich. I pray that their prayers would be bold. I pray that your strength would be great. Lord, you join them in it. Lord, I pray for every young mom, Lord, that you just impress upon them the calling, the, the lack of celebration or affirmation that it's the highest calling. It's the most worthwhile and noble thing that they could put their hands to. Lord, we pray for your strength, your grace, your power in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.